You're listening to another EY podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to EY's IFRS 17 podcast series, a series that brings you news and views on IFRS 17, the new international accounting standard for insurance contracts. My name is John Morley. I'm a consulting partner based in Singapore. I'm helping a number of regional and multinational clients on their IFRS 17 implementation journeys. Throughout this podcast series, we'll be asking some of our global insurance professionals to discuss key topics and interpretive issues on IFRS 17 and to consider the implementation approaches and challenges the new standard presents. Implementing IFRS 17 with EY, the podcast series aiming to help you understand the possible technical and operational issues of the new international accounting standard of insurance contracts. In today's episode, we'll be discussing some of the issues around data and the challenges in understanding the financial information produced actually means. We'll also talk about solutions that we think can help. Joining me is Chris Marsh, a manager in our UK actuarial team, who has been working on IFRS 17 data analytics and financial reporting for the past few years. Hello, Chris, and welcome. Thanks, John. I'm excited to be here. So, Chris, I'll start by setting the scene. Uh, In the last few years, we've had some significant regulatory changes on a global scale, and financial institutions will need to comply with major requirements in the next few years. In particular, I'm thinking about the new accounting and financial reporting requirements of IFRS 9, IFRS 17, and the long duration target improvements to US GAAP, or LDTI for short. There are no doubt these create many challenges for insurance companies and banks. You're absolutely right, John. Firstly, businesses will be disclosing more information. So that means the volume of data being processed will increase and that data will be drawn from many sources. Secondly, I think we'll see an increase in the dimensionality of data. Can you explain what that means? Sure. Data will need to be more granular. For example, we have the concept of the unit of account under IFRS 17. So this will further increase data demands. Thanks, Chris. And do you see any other challenges? Yes, as well as increased disclosure and data dimensionality, the new accounting standards will change the way profits are measured and value is created. So if we look at these impacts, it's clear that uh, financial institutions will need to transform the way they store, analyze and report their data. They're going to have to do this so that they can extract insights and run their businesses effectively. This is a big ask. So, uh, Chris, is there a way that EY can help? Yes, John. At EY, we want to help firms on this transformation journey. And so we've developed the EY Intelligent Metrics Navigator. We call it the IMN for short. The IMN is a data analytics solution that allows insurance companies and banks to transform data so that it can be visualized real time on the cloud and in a reliable way. As you can imagine, We're seeing lots of ways that the IMN solution can help our clients and deliver a range of benefits. To start with, the IMN really helps with the data challenge. I agree, Chris. From what I've seen, uh, this has got to be a major benefit of IMN. Uh, One reason is that we've developed data models for the changes caused by IFRS 9, IFRS 17 and USGAAP LDTI. We can integrate data from multiple systems into a single location and transform it into a systematic way so that it can be visualized. 
Yes. And the fact that our environment introduces the use of virtual data models is also important. This means that our data is visualized, but not stored in the cloud. You're right, Chris. This is really a quantum leap in the way we use data because we no longer need to rely on data legs. Instead, we've introduced the concept of data hubs and virtual provisioning of data. So it's accessible on demand and there's no data replication. There are clearly big benefits around data, but the IMN can also have a big and positive impact on stakeholder engagement. Uh, can you tell me more about that? Of course. We sometimes found that C-suite stakeholders can be detached from the transformation programs of IFRS 9, IFRS 17 and LTTI. That's understandable, given all the complexities and competing demands on people's time. But the IMN gives management a storyteller capability that really brings results to life. It creates financial disclosures that are dynamic, giving the user power to drill down into the business so that they can really understand what's driving value. Key messages can be easily highlighted and communicated. That must really encourage dialogue between stakeholders. Yes, it does. It also improves collaboration and breaks down knowledge barriers across the firm. So we've got benefits around data and stakeholder engagement. And then we can come to cost. Yes, Chris, this is another big benefit. The IMN can reduce costs in many ways. It optimizes existing processes, so reduces costs. It introduces standardization to reporting by using predefined templates, which increases speed. It also removes the need to manually prepare slide decks for management information. So the process isn't only faster, but there's also less risk of errors. That's an important extra benefit, John. Do you see any other ways the IMN can reduce costs? Uh, yes, there's a couple more. The IMN brings consistency around global business units, so minimizing unnecessary communications. And it's what we call a platform as a service on the cloud, which means there's no need to install applications on premise or store data in a redundant way. Okay, that sounds great on paper. So I think it would be helpful to talk about some of the successes we've already had with the IMN. Uh, yes, Chris, let's do that. I'd like to share one of the successes we've had in implementing the IMN uh, with a global insurance group. The aim of the work was firstly to support their management information strategy. And we also wanted to enable the reporting and understanding of their dry run results. I know you worked on this project, Chris, so uh, what was your role? I was involved in the most challenging part, defining the data model. I led the team that aggregated the data from various sources, including global business units. We organized this data in a systematic way using accounting and actuarial techniques. This meant it could then be passed to our analytics team to generate dynamic visualizations. Uh, you make it sound quite straightforward, but I'm sure there were challenges along the way. Can you give us a flavor of some of the challenges you faced during the project? You're right, John. It wasn't as easy as maybe I made it sound. And we certainly had some challenges to overcome. For example, results data from the various business units hadn't yet been looked at in detail. And so we had to go through this and organize it in a structured way so that visualizations could easily ingest it and work effectively. We also didn't plan to use a live connection for the dashboards from the beginning, but through ongoing discussions, it became clear this had to happen. It was challenging to build queries that could effectively extract the data from the results repository. But through our teamwork with the client and some tenacity, we got the job done. Uh, have you had any feedback from the Global Insurance Group on how they feel about the IMN implementation project? Yes, we have. The client feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. For example, they've been very impressed by the amount that we did in the time available. 
And has the client expressed any specific benefits? Yes, John. They now have a global platform in the cloud. Secondly, the project has opened the door to next steps. The client is gearing up for a parallel run with real data. Thirdly, the local entities are seeing real benefits. That's encouraging. What are the local entities saying? They're relieved about not having to cope with all the reporting changes alone and not having to rely on slide decks. They like having the templates and not having to prepare data manually. They've also seen better discussions taking place across the group. That's great to hear, Chris. Yes, I've been really pleased with the outcome, but we're always looking for ways to improve our client support and solutions. So John, could you give us some insight into what's next for the team behind the IMN? Of course. For the last few months, our team have been working on enhancing the IFRS 17 content in the IMN. This was finished at the end of June. We now have content that looks at the contracts from the perspective of all three IFRS 17 measurement models. The general measurement model, the variable fee approach, and the premium allocation approach. That's a major milestone, John. I'm sure you're looking to demonstrate what the IMN can do for insurance groups and banks. Yes, Chris. I'm keen that we run demos for any organization that can benefit from the IMN, or even just give them more details on what it can do. I encourage anyone to get in touch with me or you. Yes, it would be great to hear from people who'd like to find out more about the IMN. But John, it's now time to wrap up this discussion. Do you have any key messages for insurance groups and banks? Sure. I'd emphasize that IFRS 9, IFRS 17 and USGAP LDTI bring the biggest changes that the financial sector has seen for decades. These changes inevitably create challenges on both ends of the process spectrum to both data and the understanding of the organizations ultimately have about what their management information and financial reports are telling them. So, as you've highlighted, data has increased both in volume and complexity, and there's been a paradigm shift in terms of how to interpret the new balance sheet, how to understand what they're saying about performance. As a result, if banks and insurers are going to address these challenges effectively, they need a transformational approach, and the IMN can play an important part in that journey. Thank you, John. That's a great summary. Thanks for your insights too, Chris. And thank you for everybody for listening. As always, we'd welcome feedback and suggest topics for the next IFRS 17 podcasts. You can email us at financialservices at au.ey.com. That's financialservices, all one word, at au.ey.com. This has been another EY podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode.